I don't know what time it is in America. There's all different time zones. We still don't know who the actual fucking president is, so I don't know. Maybe it'll happen while we're recording this. It is it going like, to be Biden? Is it going to be Trump? Yeah, we we, we think from what we just looked at that it's probably Biden, but if we're to understand correctly from Donald Trump, it's definitely Donald Trump, and yeah. no one at all is voted for Biden. Yeah, and it's all one big conspiracy, and man, it's not fair. I'm the, yeah. I'm the woman. Man, man, man. Big baby, big really orange keto baby. Sad that if you go around sad. being a racist, homophobic, transphobic <laughs> fuckbag, that people might not like you, but, you know, I'm not leaving. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put loads of Republicans, right-wing Republicans in the Senate, in the, the what is it, the High Court, where I can get my way. I mean, <laughs> it's just a big fucking joke. The Supreme Court. I wonder what he'll do, like, now that he again, fingers crossed, isn't president, like what will he do? He, I mean, um, be like a public speaker, are they? Back to be, just going back to being an arsehole that grabs women by the pussy. I suppose that's what he was doing before. already in politics before he's not a politician. <laughs> he's a random fucking madman. He'll just probably just go back on TV or so. I don't know. Maybe he'll get all these lawsuits against him now he's not president. Or when he, when he isn't, if he doesn't become president. All these people start to try and sue him. I mean, he's I not got any protection. I think we've talked about this before, but just I, I find it insane that Bill Clinton shagged an intern and got fired from being president, but Donald Trump goes around like... Bill Clinton didn't get fired as president for shagging Monica Lewinsky. He was impeached, but he did not have sexual relations with that woman. <laughs> he did, but yeah, he was still president. I thought he, he was. Oh, he got voted out by the people democratically. He wasn't fired. Oh, Can you not remember him still being president when we were in, in secondary school, like oh, in the late know. 90s? <laughs> He I was president up to president. I remember him jizzing on Monica Lewinsky's dress. He was there, yeah. I was, there. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing a special school report on you President hand him the the scar. <laughs> did she shove it up his ass? I don't know. Did she shove it up his ass? I'm just imagining that she did, but I think he might have shoved it up her vagine. <laughs> vagine? This 
just getting a really this is like a really weird podcast so far we're not even told it we're supposed to be talking about creation stories not the creation of the scandal of bill clinton and monica Lewinsky. it's a <laughs> story oh. anyway are you back home yes uh-huh all right i'm wearing pasha headphones so they look like cherries you know the pasha uh-huh. cherries bought them in ibiza or ibiza i hate people who say ibiza that's not right it's ibiza ibiza is people who are trying to sound spanish but failing really badly at it so it just makes them sound like arseholes yeah i feel like you can say it in spanish accent if you're spanish but yeah although on the one hand i think that but then also on the other hand i always think it's really weird that like countries have different names like in the country than other countries if you know what i mean like germany shouldn't be called germany it should be deutschland deutschland because that's what it's called like i just find it really strange i mean i I never realized that holland was also the netherlands i just called it holland what's the difference i don't know i mean it's like calling scotland alba isn't it yeah or ecosy ecosy i quite like ecosy I mean, yeah, maybe I like that. I better. think we well, should rename Scotland Echo. Yeah, well, that would really annoy all the, the xenophobic arseholes out there if we named ourselves after the French word for Scotland. Yeah, I feel like xenophobic you assholes. In England, they tend to really hate French people, which is mental because I fucking love French people. Hi, yeah, French. Well, should Scottish people? I love you. Yeah, the French and Scottish have always been allies. Yeah, always. I think it's because we, like, don't give a fuck about stuff. Although we're slightly different because if we're like French, we don't give a fuck about stuff, so we'll like go sit down and have a fag. Scottish, we don't give a fuck about stuff, so we'll like smash it and then be like, see, I gave so small a fuck about that. Yeah, we would just have like t- um, 20 pints of some whiskey and a fag. <laughs> <laughs> and a pie. <laughs> You're going to be stereotypical. They'll, 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 stem, they'll just go around with all their onions around their necks, <laughs> with their, shitty, their little um, cigarellos or whatever they're called. I fucking love just like diced onion and good cheese. Mm, yeah, I do as well. Okay, right. We need to get on topic, right? So what we were actually supposed to talk about in this podcast is it's creation stories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the world was created by the French and blow they invented cheese. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the onion and the garlic and the baguette. And it was oh, good. <laughs> he saw that it was good. <laughs> so God that's the creation story. What other creation stories are we going to be looking at? <laughs> well, I mean, I was talking about the Ojibwe um, tribe in our previous podcast, and I wanted to talk about their creation story because I thought it was quite nice. And it also links in why a lot of creation stories traditionally have a flood happen. Now, I think maybe there's some truth in this because there was a great flood, like in the thousands and thousands of years ago whether it was because of the ice age and all the ice caps melting or whatever there generally was a a big flood at some point thousands of years ago so obviously like that would affect the entire globe so that's maybe why early man have always sort of had a flood story and as part of their creation myths what do you think of that i mean yeah i think that makes sense like both of the stories i've looked at have well either like a vast amount of water uh, which could be a flood or just straight up a flood in it. And yeah, mm. loads of the creation stories that I can kind of think of vaguely seem to have like a lot of uh, the idea of a flood in it. So yeah, I, do. I think like all creation stories seem to kind of follow a very similar pattern. So they're obviously based on something that's then just been changed over time. 
Yeah, and there's always sort of animals involved as well. But I do object to the Christian one where Noah's son uh, turns black or something. <laughs> I don't know. There's something in that that's just that's just wrong. But I don't know if that was actually in the Bible. Maybe you could tell me, or someone just maybe twisted it. Uh, I think what what if his was it Ham? Ham was the one that was the black the skin Ham. turned black. Right. Well, you can talk about that later. But I'm going to create. Um, this is called the creation of Turtle Island, the Ojibwe creation story. So according to the Odawa Ojibwe, the universe was created by Kitchi Manitou. I don't know who Kitchi Manitou is. I guess it's some sort of deity. With the express purpose of the ability to vision and to dream all that was possible. Of manifesting everything we know and those unseen things and then birth it into being. So it's like a tulpa, you know, imagining it in your head and then creating it, which sounds awesome. Yeah, like that. Uh, each part of Manitou's creation supported the other and maintained balance. So there was the four leggeds, which are the animals, those beings that lived in the sea, and the winged ones of the air. Manitou decided to create a special creature like himself. So again, it's similar to other creation stories whereby the god or the, the creator creates the a being in their own image. Yeah. But to do this, he had to pass his spiritual essence in a direct way the male manitou created was not, not capable or competent he was not a whole person like <laughs> <that>. so, <laughs> so what he's saying there is that like men can't men can't yeah they can't deal with pain on their own but yeah like you say i mean i'm sure gay men will be fine but maybe if they're single and they're on their own they can't cope because it didn't really specify about not being females around it just said that the the male the one male that they created was not capable of competent. He was not a whole person. So I'm interpreting it that way. So it was that Manitou rose up to Gazigo Kwai, the Sky Woman. Um, he ascended to her because she lived on the moon. So this Sky Woman, that's why she's called Sky Woman, she lives on the bloody moon. So though he was a great spirit and the greatest of all spirits, he had to ask a woman for help. <laughs> I love this story. Oh. <laughs> this is amazing. So, of course, I'm biased being a woman. He asked if she would join with him in bringing into an image of himself by having his children and nourishing and nurturing them. She was like, aye, fuck it, why not? So they joined and then he disappeared. So the Sky Woman had to go to Earth and prepare for the birth herself. What a Again, straight man. Oh, can we have a baby and then he gets pregnant and then he fucks off? It bangs her fucks off, yeah. <laughs> Uh, word spread that she had joined with Manitou and that she was carrying his children. Word spread to who though? Like who? Who? Where's this rumor going? I don't know. Yeah, gossipy Agnes down the village. Oh, maybe the animals. That's what they're saying because the animals were happy, but not everyone was. The water. I know who who wasn't happy about that. So the people that the the creatures weren't happy were the water Manitous. So they controlled the water. And they were outraged and jealous because every every life form that lived on Mother Earth needed water. They knew Manitou was the most powerful, but if his children descended to the Earth, then the water Manitou's power would be diminished. So to retaliate, they used their powers in a destructive and negative way to cause a great flood. So in this creation story, it's the it's the animals, the spirit animals of the water that create the flood out of jealousy. 
I just nothing to do with because their name sounds a little bit like manatees and they live in the water. Is that? And I like the Maybe that's where it comes from. No. What's that, Mark? I I couldn't hear you. I like the idea of a like really fucked off manatee. Because <laughs> yeah, they look so cute and like like I don't know passive, don't they? They don't yeah. seem like kind of creatures to be angry. I've lost my train of thought now. Uh, manatees uh, fucked off about the magic moon baby, and so they decided to drown everyone by. Yeah. Crying. Well. It destroyed the Sky Woman's camp and she had to return to the moon. So she was left to handle the chaos herself and her man was gone. Does this sound familiar? I don't know. Does it? I mean, it <laughs> happened to a few women. I know, yeah. <laughs> it's quite familiar. Christ, man. She has to go and deal with it on her own. So she saw, she, she saw, she saw that not all the animals were under the control of the water manatees. There were those who could swim, so she enlisted the help of a giant turtle, and she sat on his back. Some stories say she fell from the sky and landed on his back. I don't really see why that makes any difference. But okay. <laughs> really, that would be worse, because he'd just be going about his business, and she's just like, smock on his back. Or <laughs> getting on it, and she asked politely, that's fine. He's like... Some kids just landed on my back. Uh, what did I do? Oh, okay, I think we'll just have to deal with it. <laughs> just carry on. So the animals answered her call for help, and the loon, what, I don't know, the loon? The Is beaver. Like, what? I think loon's like a, a like long-necked Canadian bird. Oh, is it? Right. Okay. I thought they meant like a lunatic or something. <laughs> 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 All right, I've never heard of that. I'll look that up. The beaver... And the little muskrat, a muskrat's like a giant sort of rat-like thing, came to her aid. She told him she did not have all the powers of the manatee, but she said, I am a woman and I have a special gift. I have the power to recreate and that she needed their help. So the sky women asked for a handful of all of the original soil manatee created so she could recreate the earth. But none of the animals were successful in bringing Sky Women the handful of dirt. And the only one who didn't try was the muskrat because he couldn't dive deep. Still, he volunteered since no one else could do it. He took some deep breaths and dove into the deep waters. Everyone waited all night for his return. At sunrise and at the beginning of a new day, they saw him floating on the water. He was dead. Oh, no. But he had. <laughs> did you not no I thought he was going to save the day I thought he was going to bring everyone together the moon, <laughs> moon sky lady sorry the sky lady and the moon baby the beaver the loon the the manatees I thought he was going to like bring them all together and I don't know have a tea party or something that's well, just how I saw that going sorry that was a shock well. for me I'll try not to scream through any more of your story <laughs> but he had the handful of dirt in his hand to show her thanks and honour the muskrat, Sky Woman breathed life into him. This is why we still have muskrats today. Mark, the muskrats are still alive. She breathed them. So it's not all, it's not sad. I'm, uh, I'm so happy. And she took the soil from the muskrat's hand and breathed life into it as well, so that it would provide nourishment and shelter. Sky Woman gave a gift of teachings and instructions to the earth beings, and while she moved the soil around in circles, the turtle began to take shape. Thus, the earth was created, 
and it is why Native Americans call North America Turtle Islands. Oh. So she created the earth again from the flood, from that little bit of soil that that muskrat sacrificed its life to give. So that's why the muskrat is like revered in their culture. That's... So just just as a muskrat, there are times in your life when you have to give up the story about what you can and cannot do and grow into more of a capable person. Spirit is simply a possibility. There is jealousy in the world. The female spirit prevails. The proper relationship between male and female. And there is always the dawn of a new day. Manitou eventually returned and gave Sky Women a new name. Nokomis, the great mother, creator of the Anishabeg, the good being sometimes known as the Ojibwe, the Chippewa, the Ottawa, the Potawatomi and the Mississauga. And eventually the people were known as Canadians. <laughs> All tribes have a similar creation story. Sorry, so they were born before the advent of the Bible. There you go. That's the, it was a woman who did it. I really like that. I yeah. Think that I might convert to their religion because it's such a good story. And I like that they're pro-muskrat. Yeah, I like it. It's very animal positive. Like... The, and, and it was the animals that were all created first and they had the men over the earth and it was some male spirit that created it. And then he thought, well, I want to create like human beings. So I'll ask this lady if she wants to, you know, agree. It's not like he raped her or anything. She agreed to it. And then he fucked off and thought, well, I think that he, he left her because he thought, well, she's more than capable of sorting stuff out. So I'll just leave things to her and I'll just go off and do my own thing on other planets or whatever yeah like he'd just fuck it up if he tried but he knew that yeah their pals and that they would and then he came back and went oh amazing you, you sorted it well done <laughs> you you will be the great mother which i think i want a tattoo of her on my back along with isis being the goddess the egyptian mother goddess yeah she seems like a, a cool gal and my head i'm imagining her basically just having a big moon for a head oh like, but she lives on she lives on the moon her head has a moon <laughs> Moon. Very moon themed. Moon themed black. Yeah, they recently discovered that there is water on the moon, so Oh yeah. Yeah. Again, yeah. the Great Mother's River or whatever you want to call it. That was exactly that. <laughs> Where the muskrat lives with her. That's cute. Oh, I hope we can go uh, best I'm rustling some sweeties because I've got some Parma violets here. Ooh. Do you like Parma violets? Some people think they taste like soap. Uh do you like, like little ecstasy pills? And the kind of thing that tastes like soap. Mm. I like violet gin. Yes. I mean, I just like gin. Mm. So, so speaking of gin, what's your creation of some story? Uh, my creation story is not about gin. <laughs> but I can see Damn why. Uh, my creation story is also a Canadian creation story. It's oh, the okay. Inuit creation story. Cool. Is it similar to the one I just told? Yes and no. I think it's got similarities, but it's not as similar as I would maybe have assumed it would be. Yeah, but my story is the creation of the Canadians, so I don't know if they're right. <laughs> and over this, my story is kind of the creation of, in fact, it's the creation of sea creatures, so I suppose it might be the creation of the manatees. So maybe my story comes before your story. Right, okay. Go ahead then. Nah. So, the story goes that the earth was nothing but a ball of water floating in space so there was no earth on the earth as such it was just like a big water droplet floating through space which to be fair that was true 
Yep. Mm. Like so, scientifically, it was just all water. And then one day, stones and rocks rained down from space, and some of them like basically piled on top of each other to such a degree that they became the land. Which again, I'm like, well, yeah, comets and that. That's film. amazing. So again, scientific fact. Um, it was at this point in time eternally night, and only a handful of humans and animals lived on some of the rocks, which I think we must have arrived on from what I could gather. And some of these humans and some of these animals had godlike powers. So, for example, there was Eucalyk, the Arctic Hare, who created the sun and daylight by creating the world. Sorry, by creating the word light and saying it twice, which is a I, don't, I couldn't really understand if his power was if he says something twice it's real or just his power was if he said the word light twice then he created sunlight and that made, made the day. But did he know he was saying that or was he just, it just coincidentally happened to be the word for light so that's why it came to be it doesn't make sense to me but I guess yeah okay. No I, I mean to be fair I didn't really understand it either I can't work out whether, yeah whether he knew he was summoning light into being or whether he knew what the word was or whether he just randomly made a sound twice because he quite liked it and it created daytime. By the way, it was a magic hair that might have been face. And that's okay. then another example which would be the bit that sort of adds a bit more creation to it. So we've got the creation of land, we've got the creation of day and night, and then we've got the creation of, as I said, the sea creatures. So they believe that some of the humans that arrived on the rocks, that they had or two of them at least, got together and they had a baby and they called her Sedna. And Sedna was born with the weird power that she just kept growing and growing exponentially. So soon she was absolutely massive, like way, way bigger than her parents. A uh, dinosaur? Um, like dinosaur size, but ladies. No. Big giant. Okay. Big or giant. Big at this point in time. Uh, and her appetite was insatiable, so they could never, ever get enough food to feed her. And by the time she was 16, 17, her, she'd fallen in love with, uh, now I don't know if it's a magic fox or if it's a fox that can turn into a man or a man that can turn into a fox. Because again, at this point in time, people were apparently very magical and so were animals. By either way, she'd fallen in love, but her dad decided that he basically didn't want to pass her off to anybody else and he didn't want to keep feeding her. He was growing angry with how much she... Um, eight. Basically, he was a big body shaming bastard. <laughs> I didn't want anyone else to do Yeah, at the same time, he didn't want anyone else to take on his burden. That yeah, was... I don't see why her fox husband couldn't marry. Yeah. He had no problem with her being a, a long, tall Sally, as that shot <laughs> to be called. Um, so he took Ted out on his boat and said that he was taking her out to shore in the ocean. And she loved out there. She thought it was beautiful. It was her like most favourite place she'd ever been. She was like, oh, I wish I could spend all my time in the sea. And he went, oh, do you, bitch? And pushed her overboard. Oh! Um, I know, what a dick. So Sedna managed to grab onto the edge of the boat and she started to pull herself back inside. But her dad didn't want her to get back inside. So she managed to get one leg up in the boat and he took out his machete and cut off one of her legs. Oh, no, this is horrific. And then she managed to get her other leg up in the boat and he cut off her other leg with the machete. But she was still clinging on and the boat was going to capsize because she was so big. And she was screaming, no, dad, let me back on the boat. I have to get back to my sexy fox husband. And he screamed, no, and like that, no. And he cut her all her fingers. I've got no legs or fingers now. She had no legs or fingers or thumbs. And she <laughs> yeah. tumbled into the ocean. So 
she sank to the bottom of the ocean and basically fused with the ocean bed and while she was there she was very upset but her dad cast her discarded fingers into the sea and two of them became the first two seals two of them became the first two walruses two of them became the first two whales and two of them became the first two narwhals and narwhals that she had another power that she didn't actually know about she basically had power over the sea she's effectively like the canadian sea goddess so she moved the tides from where she was at the bottom of the sea but she could also um send out the seals and the walruses and the whales and the narwhals and all of their offspring to do her bidding and her first task that she gave them is that they were basically to follow her dad's fishing boat around so whenever he tried to catch fish fuck him up uh, no they just ate all of the fish oh well it's still a form of fucking him up isn't it except that it meant that the dad eventually got no food so he starved to death so (laughs) um, and now she is an immortal being that lives at the bottom of the sea i think that eucalyc the arctic hare was also an immortal being and then i don't really know what went on with sedna's like a fox fiance because i assume Mm. he's at the bottom of the sea to get her so but i'd like about dating maybe 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 she freezes over so the fox can run on the land and be close to her that way i don't know what happened to the hare like that all he did was create light and then that was it that was it that's his that's his superpower oh well (laughs) i quite like that again it's like a female revenge story yeah yeah don't be a shit dad or uh but how did the people did it it doesn't really explain how humans came to be uh no not well it does it it basically yeah it doesn't explain how they came to be it just says that the rocks crashed to earth and some of them had humans on them oh fair enough then so i don't know I mean, it started off really quite accurate and scientific and then verged into kind of weird and wonderful. <laughs> Do you know for a fact that narwhals are not the children of um, big giant lady thumbs? Because I don't think you do. So oh, narwhals. narwhals, am I right in thinking, are they like seals with horns on their heads? Yeah, they're like really Like dolphins? Are they dolphins with horns on their head? I think they're like chunkier than dolphins and like fuzzier than dolphins, but they've got a horn on their head. So you did you say sea unicorns? Uh, yeah, because they've got like one single horn oh, that comes out so their head. Because you know Scotland's national animal is a unicorn. Yeah. I think we should bring the narwhal in as the second national animal yeah. of Scotland because it actually exists. When we go independent and remove the line from our yeah, and the chains from the unicorn. Yeah, take the chains away, take the line away, and replace it all with a narwhal. Yes, narwhal. <laughs> or with Sedna. I feel like she's Sedna and um, Sky Lady, or they could be. In fact, let's just have four creatures on it. Narwhal, unicorn. Sky, Sky Woman? Sky Lady. Sky Woman, sorry. Yeah, very female orientated. Like it. I think we should bring back the matriarchy, because it was much better. Yes. And when the patriarchy took over, it fucking ruined everything. And like you say, like it's better revenge stories. I like that basically her dad fat shamed her, so she starved him to death slowly over the space of seven oh, years. That is true. <laughs> That's good. And it's great because he wouldn't have known it was her that was starving him because he would have thought that he killed her. But actually, she was having a, a jolly old time living at the bottom of the sea and sending her finger men. It's kind of his fault because he's the one that cast her into the sea and then chopped her fingers off and then they turned into the animals that then starved him. To death, yeah. so 
justice. That's, some, that's a lesson we can all learn from. <laughs> yeah, if you think your daughter is trying maybe you should stop being a dickhead, otherwise she'll take over to the sea and steal all your fish. <laughs> she just won't look after you when you're old and starve you to death. Yeah. Which again, if you make fun of someone for being fat, kind of your own fault. Are you going to talk about the, you know, the one that everyone knows about that we're all taught as children to believe the story of Noah? I can. But you've got an alternative version. So yeah, I like this story because I always think that, like, obviously as part of my degree, I had to read the Bible, and I think like people, especially Christians, seem to think that they know like the creation story in the Bible but they don't tend to know even like the very basics about it. For example, that there are actually two creation stories in the Bible that completely contradict each other. Because people always kind of do the thing of like, on the first day God made light and on the blah, blah, blah. And, and he saw that it was good and yeah. he liked it. And on the sixth day he made Adam and Eve and all the animals and he saw that it was good and he liked it. But actually that's mm-hmm. a story of its own and Adam and Eve aren't mentioned in it. And then there's an entirely separate story. Now, two seconds till I grab my Bible. Um, I gotta grab my Bible, bitch. I think like quite a lot of Christians say, well, it's not. It's just the one story, and like one part continues on from the next part. So I'm going to read the start of what I would consider to be the story on its own that I'm about to to read. Okay. You. It's quite clearly your own story. I'm listening. Two v six because I have oh. lost it. I've lost my Bible. Bad times. Did Satan take it away? Yes, the devil took it. Oh, here, right, okay. So so basically you've got God, blah, 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 six days, makes everything, and then by the seventh day, God had finished the work that he had been doing. So the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because it because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. And then it just randomly goes, this is an account of the heavens, of how the heavens and the earth were created when the Lord God made the heavens and the earth, now no shrub had yet appeared on the earth and no plant had yet sprung up. And the Lord God had not sent rain to the earth and there was no one to work the ground. So I feel like just from the word go, that's clearly two different stories. Like they're written in two different ways. Mm. And you've got your like seven days of creation where God creates everything like shrubs and plants and people <laughs> on the ground. So to then go... Now, not a shrub had appeared. There wasn't anyone to toil the ground. There was no rain. It's like, okay, clearly a different story. So this story goes on and you do get the bits that people already know about. So one of the bits that people seem not to know about, because obviously the whole uh, Christian idea that God's monotheistic is actually in both of these stories, God is walking about with what appears to be other gods and talking to them and referring Mm -hmm. to them and to us. So that's kind of confusing because... That's interesting. It seems like the well, firstly, it seems like the early Christian creation story is actually two different early creation stories, and then secondly, there seems to be it seems to be like a polytheistic society, and as time's gone on, they've just kind of edited the other gods' names out of the story. Yeah, talking to them, they photoshopped them out. Yeah, it's like who's he talking to? Who are these other gods? God creates Adam as everybody knows right that's that's the common bit of the story so they've got god then goes on god creates adam so god gathers dust up off the ground he mm-hmm. basically turns it he molds it into the shape of a man and then he magically brings the man to life and calls him adam and then adam has all of the animals created for him to look after there's streams put into the world 
so that he can fish and he can sail places and he can farm and blah de blah de blah. But Adam is bored because he doesn't have a companion. So again, the bit that everybody knows, one night when Adam's sleeping, God takes his rib out and he makes the rib into Eve so that she's made out of the same stuff as Adam. And then you've effectively got like Adam and Eve who are now living in the Garden of Eden. And it's all nice and lovely and beautiful and shiny and fun. And then the story goes on and Adam and Eve are living their life in the garden and they're having a jolly good time. And there are two trees in the garden and God and his mysterious pals that we don't get to know who they are inform Adam and Eve that they can eat from the tree of life, but they don't for some reason. And they cannot eat from the tree of knowledge. But then you've got the serpent that toddles along and he tells them that they should try the fruit from the tree of knowledge because it's so yummy and nice. And the three of them end up eating it and having a lovely wee picnic. And then God comes along and is raging. So he bans Adam and Eve from the Garden of Eden. And he punishes Adam by making farming a really, really difficult job that is like basically backbreaking labour. And he punishes... Yeah, yeah, okay. Sorry. (laughs) I always always fantasise about having a farm and how delicate it would be. If I suppose back then it would be backbreaking work because they didn't have tractors. I think now it's backbreaking (laughs) work like the... Occupation of the high suicide rate in the UK's farming. Bastards. Oh, not that farmers are bastards. I just mean that God's a bastard. Right, carry on. Bastards. Also, the Tories, because uh, they act like they're the party that farmers should vote for, but they don't actually support farming subsidies. No. Don't give a shit. But yeah, back to God. The kind of the yep. Tory. God's angry because they ate from this tree that for some reason he planted right next to their house but told them not to eat from. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he a really difficult job. He curses Eve with childbirth. So basically God created the fact that lots of women historically died and still die now in childbirth as a punishment for eating an apple or a pomegranate or some other sort of fruit. Mm. And uh, I feel like most cruelly of all, like rips off the snake's legs and says that none of his ancestors will have legs anymore. They'll have to drag themselves through the dirt on their belly. So, you know, God not being the nicest. So then time goes on and Adam and Eve have children. They have two sons, Cain and Abel, which if you think about it is really creepy because God made Eve out of Adam's rib, so making Adam and Eve twins. So really she was his sister that company, but now they've got two children. So they've got two children, Cain and Abel, and God obviously is able to, because it's one of God's godly powers, is able to know everything that they're going to do before they do it. And he goes and asks them to prepare him a sacrifice, but he knows that they'll decide to do it separately, which they do. Cain provides God a sacrifice of lots of the different uh, fruit and vegetables that he was able to gather without having to kill any of the plants because he thinks, oh, this will impress God because I wouldn't have destroyed any of his creation. So who's effectively his granddad so he was like oh i'm gonna make for granddad and then abel makes god a selection of meats from their farm so he goes to the farm and slaughters some animals and cooks them and then god comes to the banquet and cain's thinking well obviously god is going to eat my banquet because he's going to be really annoyed that we're supposed to look after the animals and he's instructed us to look after the animals but abel slaughtered them all but actually what God does is uh, makes fun of Cain and tells him that his banquet's shit and he didn't want a vegetable. <laughs> and that he loves meat. And then just like gets stuck into eating all the meat. Uh, he again is discussing with his mates how good the meat is. 
Who are these godly mates? Still don't know. And so later that night, Abel makes fun of Kane because he's like, haha, granddad likes me better than you. Your banquet was shite. And Kane loses his temper. So the next day he follows Abel out into a field and he beats him to death with a rock. So his mum and dad, who are brother and sister again, uh, are obviously absolutely devastated and God marks him to show him that he has done something wrong. But then they just continue on with their lives happy and normal. Randomly, Abel, sorry, no, Abel doesn't do anything, he's dead. Cain then gets married, which is really confusing because right. of the Yeah, I was going to say, so Eve's the only woman about, yep. unless Count Lilith, but well, she's different. And how the fuck, who's he marrying? Because there's not other women. I mean, there's absolutely no explanation offered at all as to who he's marrying. It's just... His mum? He's married. <laughs> I mean, possibly. I mean, she would have to have more children. She would have to have more females. Or she would have to marry her own son. And then they would have to breed. And then they would have, like, multiple genders. And then technically, everyone's buying each other's siblings. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Her daughter that isn't mentioned in the story who then Cain has a baby with. So basically, your mum and dad are twins. And you then have a kid with your little sister, which is all kinds of fucked up. I mean, that is fucked up because then technically the whole world will be peopled with, like, inbred mutants. Well, in the story, time goes on and <laughs> Kane and his wife have all of their inbred mutant children, I guess. <laughs> and then they are spread out all over the world. And, well, they start to form communities everywhere. And some of their ancestors, and this is just a random bit of the story as well, that I'm like, why is this even included in it? There's a bit about how some of the ancestors of Cain and his wife um, are abducted by, and it says, the sons of the other gods. So Aliens? I, I don't know. I mean, again, I'm assuming it's like God's mate's sons that he's talking to at the start of the story, but again, we don't have any reference to them. Mm. So their sons are like these gigantic monsters, and they abduct the like great great granddaughters of um Cain and like take them away to their mountain their planet planet possibly um and impregnate them and so they have which is kind of like I said in the link so they have gigantic babies so then at this point we've got all of the animals cutting about the earth we've got your snakes crawling about in their bellies we've got all of our humans and then we've got our half human half children of the other gods beings and all of these are cutting about. And God looks on the world and he decides that basically... Fuck that shit. Aye. He's like, oh, this is... This is messed up here. <laughs> We're done fucked up. Let's just start again. So he goes to a mad alcoholic called Noah, who is <laughs> in the Bible to have a massive Wait, drinking problem. Sorry, Mark. Noah has a drinking problem. I didn't know this. Yeah, yeah so again, in the... That was taught to me in school. Noah <laughs> is basically 24-7 leathered. So God says to him, Noah's fallen about drunk, and God says, Noah, you are one of the only good men. Which, you know, is good that God's pro-alcoholism. He says, you're one of the only good men, so you're going to, the story, build an ark. You have to gather two of every animal to go onto the ark, but only the good animals. It's not made clear in the Bible what the good or the bad animals are. So, yeah, which you would think would be one of the bad animals, what with his beef with snakes, but... (laughs) Well, then he also apparently had beef with men and women, but he's allowed Noah and his wife on the ark. So Noah builds the ark, and they put on two of every one of the good animals, him, his wife, 
his three sons, their three wives, they all get on the ark. And God then floods the world and he kills all of the other human beings. He also kills all of the half-god son, the half-human giant creatures. So they're all wiped from the face of the earth. They've all been completely killed off. And then once the flood subsides, God feels really bad. And he looks at the animals as they're then getting off the ark because everything started to dry up. And he thinks, oh, I feel like I'm actually a really bad guy because I quite like these animals. I've only kept two of each of them. And actually, they're the good animals, which means that I drowned a whole lot of the good animals. And he says, oh, well, I know what I'll do. What I'll do is I will invent rainbows. And that way, whenever it rains, a rainbow will form. And that will remind me to stop the rain and not drown everyone. Because the time we drowned everyone, I felt really sad. <laughs> Rainbows are obviously a great memory to not commit. We're not even mass genocide because he as fussed about killing all the people just for not killing animals. Kind of puts the sort of, you know, the pride flag in a, a different light. <laughs> <laughs> so then we get off the ark and Noah gets back to what he does best, getting absolutely fucked up. And then he wakes up one morning and one of his sons, Ham, has basically Noah's passed out, like out his face on the beach. And he's stripped <laughs> before he passes out. He's what? And he wakes up to find Ham standing over him, staring at his penis and testicles. And then Ham wanders away. So Noah becomes... Oh, dad, you got levered again. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> How many times do I have to come down the beach to find you out your tits naked? Reminds me of that video of David Hasselhoff pissed on the on the floor of his bathroom, trying to slow up, eat a, a like a melting cheeseburger that was all like the contents were just slipping out of it, and he's like, and he's topless, and he's his daughter's filming it, and she's going, "Fuck's sake, Dad, look at this state." That reminds me of that. I feel like that's probably what was going on between Ham and Noah, and Noah's so out of his face that he's like, "He's staring at my fucking dick." <laughs> no, I'm not staring at your dick. I just came to see where you'd been for two days. He's like, stop staring at my fucking dick. <laughs> so, drunk Noah then calls God down and is like, look, I did you a favour by building your ark. You do me a favour. I want you to give me some sort of supernatural abilities so that I can punish Ham because I should be able to get as drunk as I want without that bastard staring at my dick. So God gives him the power to, to smite Ham and what he does as he goes to Ham's house and instead of punishing him, he punishes Ham's oldest son and says, um, your skin will become dark and all of your offspring uh, will be used as slaves. So, so basically, God's kind of responsible for racism because he gave a mad drunk the superpower to create racism, which is lovely. Also confusing because obviously all of the first people were African, so I'm not entirely sure what he means by your skin will become dark because, you know, mm. if you're of African descent, you've probably already got like a fairly good amount of melanin. The only reason why, why, yeah, and the only reason why that happened is because he was staring at his dad's dick, but he wasn't. He was just going, fuck's sake, dad, what are you doing? Yeah. Why are you dr- <laughs> this is the funniest religion <laughs> Yeah, I think that's what I like about it because I think when people hear other religions like creating stories, it's absolutely 
again, especially people who are Christian are like, oh my God, they're such silly stories. Whereas I'm like, yeah, I feel like most stories that we just read have some sense to them. This man. Yeah. Don't that is the silliest story I've ever heard. That is literally the silliest story I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, because at least my story with the, the Ojima people was quite nice and kind of made sense. That, you know, the animals and the people were working together to save the earth. Not, you, st- you stared at my dick, I'm going to make you any a black guy. <laughs> and then that's pretty much it. The story's then just basically that the, like all of Ham's children then went to one part of the world and they populated that. And all of Shem's children went to another part of the world and populated that. And I can't be bothered flicking pages about to find the other son's name. So we'll just call him Ian. And all of Ian, <laughs> Ian. went to the third part of the world and populated there. And Noah and his wife stayed on the beach with her basically yeah. cleaning up after him. And him getting leathered until he died because, I'm assuming of liver failure, because he was always leathered and shouting at people about his dick. Did he level like a really long time? Wasn't he like 800 years old? Because in the Bible, it was ridiculous like how long these fucking people lived. Some of them, what was it? The oldest man was about a thousand years old. Methuselah or something. Yeah, Methuselah, I can't remember exactly what age he lived to. But yeah, you're right. Noah lived, I can't remember if it's 700 and... Did God not say, look, I've I've had enough of these fucking people living this long? Did he do something? Was there not an explanation about why he he caught the life? the life expectancy down to like 40 <laughs> no <laughs> like, well, he did it on a day when there was no rainbows because obviously if you saw a rainbow he was like oh fuck yeah i'm not supposed to kill anyone <laughs> always forget rainbows but, yeah but then he he did kill quite a lot of people after that a lot of people like someone calculate something ta- someone tallied up how many people god killed in the bible as opposed to satan and satan killed like none and God killed like, a million people. Yeah. No. Google how many people does God kill in the Bible? Let's find out. You sing a song while I do this. <laughs> yeah. Cheeseburgers. Cheesecake. Stop staring. We actually play some DJ Yoda. Where, uh, let me get yeah, some DJ Yoda. Yeah. God. Kill it in the Bible. Um, I found it. Okay. So in the Bible, Satan kills somewhere between zero and ten people, and God kills in excess of two million thirty-eight thousand three hundred and forty-four people. I mean, who's the bad guy here? <laughs> oh, that was so much fun. Uh, I was going to talk about the ancient Egyptian creation story, but I don't know if we've, I don't know if I should bother now. I don't think I can top that. I mean, it is a, again, I feel like it's a pretty good story because it's completely insane. Yeah, it's meant. Like, Christians are like, the Bible story is lovely. God's created everything in six days, including Adam and Eve. And then their great grandchildren were really good people like Noah and his sons. And they saved the whole world. And it's like, no, <laughs> no, nope. not what happened in that story. I just think it's hilarious that Noah was constantly like hammered on yeah. what? What was he drinking? Uh, I think he drank anything that was going yeah <laughs> and god thought he was the, out of all, all the people on there he was the best guy <laughs> Even the whole that's, why, that's why we're all alcoholics today 
stopped looking at the deck, but he probably wasn't looking at his deck. But like that pretty much is Bible. I'm loosely translating it, but it was Noah was offended that he looked at me. Ham was looking at him the way that Noah felt that Ham was looking at him, which I feel very much has vibes of like he called God down, and God was like, "What is it now, Noah?" And he was like, "He's looking at my deck," and God was like. <laughs> He's not looking at your deck, and he's like, "Yes, look at my deck. Give me the powers to punish him." Look at my deck, and God was like, "Fuck, fine, fine." Maybe the the God in the Bible is just one big edge lord, like a total troll, and you know, like all the other gods, he's like, "Oh, you'll never guess what what I've done this time." You know, <laughs> check this out for a laugh. <laughs> I've chosen alcoholic to repopulate the earth, and he's complaining to me that his son looked he's dick so he asked me to punish him I think I will for a laugh you know fuck it these people are stupid maybe he's, he's like a god. almighty Donald Trump and that's why so like god is love god is kind because he was like I am love I am kind I am goodness and people are like yeah but you've just like cursed all those people and he's like no no kindest I'm very highly educated I know a lot of words <laughs> <laughs> I know Dick, my friend Noah taught me that one. Right, fuck it, I'm going to end this with the Egyptian mythology creation story. Because hey. they were well before the the Bible, or the, you know, the story that you were talking about. So it says, the ancient Egyptians had a vivid imagination that led to a number of complex versions of how the ancient Egyptians were created. They believed at the moment of creating a world order was created which contained the basic principles of life, nature and society that were governed by the gods at the moment of creation. All the pyramid texts from the Old Kingdom, which is 2780 to 2250 BC, before Christ, located on the pyramid walls, tombs and temples, and the legendary Book of the Dead showcases all the information related to the creation myth. So, Before the invention of time, the universe was full of endless dark waters and swirling chaos that appeared in the shape of an infinite expanse of strained invisible dark waters called Nun, N-U-N, or Nun, if you want to call it that. In the darkness was a primordial hill known as the Ben-Ben, on which rose a great god, Ra, or Atom, who created himself out of the Nun. He felt lonely and decided to create life using his magic known as Heka, it is believed that the creator god Amun came from the Nun as the Bennu bird, then went to the sun city of Heliopolis, where he constructed a nest called Pyramidion, where the Bennu was miraculously brought to life from the breath of fire. The Bennu became the symbol of immortality and rebirth. He gave life to two children, Shu, which is god of air, and Tefnut, the goddess of moisture, They rapidly began creating the principles of life and order. They started building the world while leaving their father Ra on the Ben-Ben in the middle of chaos and sadness. So he sent his eyes in search for them. And when they returned with his eyes, in a moment of absolute happiness, he shed tears of joy that fertilized the earth of the Ben-Ben and gave birth to men and women. It took a long time to create the heavens at the same time where the ancient Egyptian gods lived in the air, which was seen as a sacred landscape and a true reflection of the heavens. It was divided into kingdoms built on the basis of justice. After the creations of the humans, Shu and Tefnut created Geb, which is the earth, and Nut, the sky. Despite Geb and Nut being brother and sister, they fell in love 
which angered Ra, so he ordered Shu to separate them for eternity. So that's why we have like the sky and the earth are so far apart. I'm also glad that uh, their god wasn't into incest, unlike their <laughs> god. Yeah, but he kind of was into incest because, right? I'll I'll explain that later. So, um, uh, so in anger, he chose to separate them for eternity, but it was too late as Nut was already pregnant with Geb's children. So again, in anger, Ra ordered Nut not to give birth in any month of any year. So the god of knowledge, Foth, gambled the moon and was able to add five extra days to the official calendar, 360 days, where Nut was able to give birth to Osiris, Isis, Set, Nephthys and Horus the Elder. Osiris has shown himself to be a Jesidious and thoughtful god who was given the rule of the world. At the end of days, Ra will wipe the world out and return to the primeval mounds. Everything will be gone except for Osiris, ruler of the underworld. There is a possibility for a new creation to replace the old world with a new one. That's interesting because in theory, there is a theory that the universe will eventually ping back like an elastic band, like it's expanding and then it will implode and then explode again. Like that's what the Big Bang is. Yeah. there what they were saying that one day Ra wiped the world out and returned to the primordial mound that sounds to me like well that's what that is there's a possibility for a new world to be created so interesting yeah I like that I mean, Ra was against incest but technically it was too late because they banged so <laughs> <laughs> that's how the Egyptian gods came to be and uh, there was a sort of uh, culture of incest in ancient Egypt because as you know, princes tended to marry their sisters so that they could keep their bloodline pure. Because in ancient Egypt, I think I've said this before, that um, instead of like the um, the line, the family line going through the male line, you know, like like we have here, like if a well, not anymore, but like previously, if if the son, if the king had a son it would pass to the son but if he had a daughter first he couldn't pass the the crown to her it would go to the son so if a son was born after the daughter it would go automatically to the male um but in ancient egypt uh, it would go through the female line so that's why the um the brother of the female like princess or queen would marry their sister so that they could gain the throne <laughs> so to speak does that make sense doesn't make sense but and technically, you know, like Isis, Osiris, their brother and sister, because they were they were all born as siblings, and they fell in love and got married. Yeah. So that's why that kind of thing escalated. And Raz like, oh well, there's nothing I can do about that now. Nothing <laughs> 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 I can do about it. Clearly, I mean, everyone didn't want to, to have a baby with their own sibling. Yeah, I mean, he just thought, oh well, that's it. Then I'll just have to deal with it. It's not like the God, where he just decided to, you know, I've oh, done fucked up, I better just flood everything and get a bit some drunk guy in charge. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I think there's more, probably more to that Egyptian um, creation story, but that was just like a wee, a wee short version of it. I liked it, it painted a nice picture in my head. Mm-hmm. And it, it kind of sounds like what the universe was, like, before the Earth was created, it was just a primordial soup, there wasn't anything, and then all of a sudden, bang. Yeah. There it was. So I think the Egyptians have something there. And yeah. then I'm now trying to decide if I would rather that humanity were <laughs> created from the tears of a god, created from well, just randomly arrived from space on rocks and maybe have magical powers. 
or where the girlfriend of the of the sky women sky women or, like... or are they descendants of a mad drunk guy that got his cock out all the time see my favorite still <laughs> the sky women and like the inuit story i like those two as a combination because it's female yeah. i think the sky women's probably my favorite from where humans came from just because mm-hmm. i like the inuit story but it's not clear why the humans came to exist no well that was creation stories folks <laughs> hope you enjoyed it was if you uh, ever create your own universe then contact us and let us know. Yeah, <laughs> would you do that? Yeah, how would you? If you if you were an all powerful god, would you get bored and would you think you would create humans and your own? It's quite egotistical to create a creature based on yourself. Why not just have the animals there? Or is it because maybe humans can are easier to play about with, like because they've got language and things? Yeah, good point. If I could make my own planet that I could visit whenever I wanted, I wouldn't put any humans on it. Like, because yeah, because on it, they're pretty good. Well, I mean, if you think about it, God created the Earth and everything, made it beautiful and that. But then look what we've done to it. We're in a fucking pandemic situation where we've just fucked everything up. It's like, you know, someone creates a beautiful painting and then someone else comes along and decides to, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll just, I'll just add a wee bit to that and then keep adding it until it looks like shit. You've ruined it. Like that woman that um, fixed yeah. it. Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> turned him into a monkey thing. <laughs> <laughs> that pretty much sums that up. So next week we're going to be talking about uh, voodoo. 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 Yeah, because I used to be the, the voodoo queen of uh, Duncan Riggs, so I'm apparently an expert in this field. That is a true fact. <laughs> yeah, so get your voodoo dolls out, get your pins out, and yeah... Get your pens out. Pens out. <laughs> Sexy legs. <laughs> uh, I suppose zombies would be part of the voodoo lore, wouldn't it? Yeah, they would. I mean, it's not just, it's going to be about like sort of the origins of voodoo, how it was, how it came about. Um, it is a serious religion and also like the sort of myths that, and, and like falsehoods about, like misconceptions about what voodoo is. Yeah, I think lots of people have quite severe misconceptions about it yeah yeah okay well still don't know who the president is who gives a fuck